0: Low-intensity pulsed ultrasound, commonly called lipos, has been the focus of the second of the BMJ's new Rapid Recommendations. The time lag from new research being published to those results making it into clinical practice has historically been years, if it happened at all. With Rapid Recommendations, the team from Magic App and the BMJ aim to get that down to three months. In this rapid rec, the team made up of orthopedic surgeons, methodologists, and patients, have been looking at the research on the therapy and the outcomes that matter to those patients to see if the evidence stacks up for its use. I'm Duncan Jarvis, and I've spoken to three of those team members, Rudolf Pullman, an orthopedic surgeon from the Netherlands, Stefan Schendelmeier, a PhD candidate at McMaster University, and Maureen Smith, who's our patient representative from Canada. Firstly, I spoke to Rudolf Pullman, who chaired the Rapid Rec.
1: What is uh, lipos? Um, what is it for? And, and what was this sort of idea that that using ultrasound um, might actually help bone um, healing? Uh,
2: I it's, it's thought that uh, it's... Um... Uh, helping the bone biology uh, get better blood flow and uh, get better cell functioning uh, cell function and uh, it was thought that this could speed up bone healing it's actually rather fake uh, still but um, it was thought that it could work uh, in um, fractures and also in non unions
1: right um And this is being used at the moment, clinics do use um, lipos. How extensively is it being used?
2: Well, we know from a a survey among orthopedic surgeons in uh, Canada uh, that it is uh, used, uh, that bone stimulators were used in tibia fractures uh, that somehow have a a slower healing tendency Uh, that nearly half of the respondents were using bone stimulators. um, uh, Of uh, those bone stimulators, uh, electromagnetic field therapy was used in half, and the other half was uh, the lipos uh, therapy.
1: Okay, so potentially in a quarter of slow healing fractures then.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Um, Now, that must have been based on some evidence. And as you said, there is some ideas how this might work. Um, but then new evidence about, um, about the effectiveness of, of lipos has been published recently. Uh, what did that say? Yeah.
2: Well, there's uh, the TRUST trial. This is a, a large-scale trial uh, with uh, endpoints that are relevant to patients it was published in BMJ. And this trial showed there was actually no effect on outcomes that are important to patients. Hmm. Uh, So previous studies, they mainly looked at uh, uh, bone healing as shown uh, on an X-ray. And uh, these um, uh, did show some uh, evidence that there was uh, quicker bone healing. But these trials were uh, rather small oftentimes and also... of poor methodology,
0: quality. Maureen Smith has a rare disease and her experience of that made her keen to improve healthcare. She serves as a patient representative on a range of projects from Cochrane to PCORI to a local Canadian panel who assesses what drugs should be available. I spoke to her about how the patient panel worked and what they concluded.
1: I think it was really interesting to... To talk to Rudolph and people about the kind of the differences between what um, methodologists or indeed clinicians might have thought of as being the outcomes that they would look at, and um, the ones that that you guys identified as being the the outcomes that you would care about. So, could you take us through sort of um, the discussion and how you came to the conclusion of? Uh, uh, what it was that that mattered to you.
3: Yeah, I think the patients, uh, we, we focused on functional recovery, like what, what does that mean to a patient, a time to return to work or time to full weight bearing so that you, you can resume your, your activities. That was very important to us. Pain reduction was very important to us. And then also if you had to have subsequent uh, op- operations for subsequent um, fractures, and the the radiographic healing um, with that that the clinicians uh, were looking at didn't come up as important to um, to uh, patients. Uh, we didn't think that that was going to have a big impact on the on the patient experience. So um, that's kind of where we, we talked a lot about about that functional recovery and also. Um, like for for the for the for the outcomes, how do you generalize, generalize them? like we wanted to make sure that all patient groups were represented and included. So if there was something about, you know um, the cost of it that we would consider that in different countries it's it would be covered or it wouldn't be covered and how that might impact patients and you know that kind of thing. So we had a pretty, Robust discussion about that.
1: Mm. And um, can you just list for us what the, the the outcomes then, or the sort of hierarchy of outcomes um, that that the patients sort of really cared about?
3: Right. So I think the most important uh, the most important outcome that the patients cared about was was the um, uh, the time to 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 uh, functional recovery. So that would, would have been. That would have been the top one um, uh, and then pain reduction was really important uh, I don't think we actually put them in I don't remember us putting them in a in a hierarchy like per se but they were like the the uh, the top ones and then the number of operations for subsequent fractures um, they were our three most important
1: um, most important outcomes um,
3: yeah yeah
1: um, and I mean, I think it's really striking that if you look at the breadth of the research that had been done, um, the various RCTs, uh, very few of them actually looked at anything like that. They were all very focused on the kind of radiographic uh, right. outcomes. I mean, what we would, right. I suppose, call a, a surrogate me- um, outcome measure. Um right. I mean, you're involved in, in medicine, and you understand how, how this works, but were you surprised by the, the
0: kind of disparity there?
3: Not really, <laughs> because that's the, that's the world of a clinician, and um, the world of a clinician and the world of a patient, there's, there's not always alignment there. And uh, until we begin to, you know, really um, consult with patients and include them in in trial design, and in in the full the full cycle of of, of medical research and of, of clinical trials, we're going to continue um, looking at outcomes that may not be patient centered. So, I think it's, I would say that it's probably fairly common.
0: Maureen also had another point well made. Patient perspectives are not only important in talking about what really matters to patients, but because they're outside the system, they can share a whole new way of thinking.
3: We were four patients and um, I made one comment and right away he said, oh, this is great. And oh, get get that in the report. (laughs) and I did see it in the report so I and it's when I when I when I when I hung up when I got the call I thought well that was so simple like to me it was just like something that you know anyone would have thought about yet no no one thought about it (laughs) so basically um we, we were talking about the the um the device the lipis device and I said that Given the given the evidence that it really didn't make a very big difference in patients' lives, I said if if it's on the table and it's 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 an option, when you see your orthopedic surgeon, um, the orthopedic surgeon has the responsibility of explaining it to you and presenting it to you as as a possible option. If it's you know if it's still seen as something that's that's desirable. And I said, I said to them, mostly of them were orthopedic surgeons, have you been to an orthopedic surgeon? <laughs> they they laughed and I said, you know, it's very, very little time. And for me, that's gonna take away the time that the surgeon is gonna spend ex- explaining to me about this device, which doesn't seem to work very well, is gonna take away from the time that he could maybe, he or she could be spending, explaining to me maybe about the importance of physiotherapy or my my pain management, or answering my questions. So I said, for me, it's 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 a it's you know I, I'm I'm I think there are other outcomes, there are other discussions that are more important for me to have with this, you know, time that I have with this surgeon than to than to discuss this this device.
0: Stefan Chandelmeyer carried out the systematic review and meta-analysis. He's a physician who's currently studying for a PhD at McMaster and he scoured the literature for evidence on lipos. Stefan, you collated the evidence together um, about how much info was available on lipos and and what kind of data was available. Um, What was it? RCTs, cohort studies, what was there?
4: Oh, actually there are quite a lot of randomized controlled trials. So, lipos has been used for more than two decades now, and the first randomized control trials have been published in 1994 and 1997. And based on these two initial randomized control trials, the FDA has approved lipos for use in patients. And then over the following years, there have been as much as 24 other randomized control trials, with the last published only recently in the BMJ.
0: Errol Duff mentioned a study which looked at different kinds of outcomes, more patient-centric ones. Um, After Maureen and the other patients had identified what really mattered to them, how did that translate into what had actually been studied and published before? Um, How many studies were you actually able to include in your meta-analysis?
4: So overall, we included 26 randomized controlled trials, but the number of trials per outcome um, differed substantially. For instance, for the most patient important outcomes, such as functional recovery, we often had only three, four studies. For instance, for time to return to work, um, we had three studies and we, we saw no effect there.
0: And that's interesting. What's the difference between the studies that were positive and those which showed little effect?
4: For some outcomes, for instance, radiographic healing, we found a potential effect when we considered all studies, but there was a large variation variation between studies. So some studies showed a very large effect, and some studies showed no effect. So we tried to explain the variation between the studies um, and considered several hypotheses. So one hypothesis was the clinical presentation. Um, It may be that the ultrasound works for a fresh ankle fracture but not for um, delayed union in the clavicle. But it turned out that this, uh, that this hypothesis did not explain the variation. So we tried other hypotheses. Another hypothesis would be adherence to treatment. The manufacturer recommends that lipos should be used about 20 minutes every day until healing. So we hypothesized that in trials where patients did not adhere perfectly to treatment, the effects may be smaller than in trials where perfect, uh, patients did adhere perfectly to treatment. But um, this hypothesis also did not um, explain the variation in results. However, what did explain the variation between results was risk of bias. It actually fully explained the variation um, for a number of um, outcomes. So, and there was a tendency of um, that the trials at high risk of bias showed large to very large effect, whereas the trials at low risk of bias um, consistently show no effect.
0: What kind of bias are we talking about there? Um, Are some studies with large effects, I don't know, underpowered or something?
4: Low power was certainly a problem. So many of the trials were small, I could even say very small. The median sample size was only 30, which means in randomized control trials, um, 50 patients per group. And uh, with such small trials, you have certainly a high risk of bias. Um, and another problem was that many trials did not um, report how they blinded the patients. Um, and, and other trials, including the first two trials that were used for the approval by the FDA, had problems with missing data.
0: And back to Rudolf to sum it all up for us.
4: Uh. Could you tell us what the, the,
1: the result of the, the the process was? What's the final recommendation?
2: Well, the final recommendation was unanimously that um, uh, we do not recommend using this uh, lipos system for bone, uh, speeding up bone healing. Because uh, on the patient's important outcomes, it didn't show any difference in the trust round.
1: So given that um, there is a huge amount of lipos being done, um, how do you think that uh, that guideline, that recommendation, will um, will be received?
2: Well, it's, it's always easier to implement new uh, um, toys for surgeons that actually do work than to de-implement things that are not working. That's quite hard to, for doctors in general. To stop using things that are not working, because you really want to help your patients and you really want to to try to uh, to make them better. Um, but uh, I think it's important to realize that sometimes uh, how um, good it looked uh, up front uh, and disappointing it can be from a randomized controlled trial that things are not working, and um, so recommending not using it is quite Uh, Harder to do than recommending something that is working Mm. since folks things uh, folks are using it and um, It's it's harder to say well, maybe you should stop using it because it's not working and that's why it's so important that we also got these uh, the patients involved and um, so the patients they can explain to other patients that well, this is not working, and we really collaborated and looked into this together with uh, with experts, and it's not working. So this may help the implementing uh, things that are not working, Such mm. as uh, lipos. Okay,
1: I did, deliberately didn't ask you at the beginning, but uh, do you use or did you use lipos? Will you be changing your practice?
2: Yes, we did, we did use it. And um, uh, there were uh, uh, surgeons that were quite pro, and surgeons that were a bit more sceptical about using it. Um, we we um, try to work on uh, evidence-based guidelines, and uh, so if something isn't working, we we stop using stop using it.
0: That rapid recommendation is now available on BMJ.com. Please have a look at it and tell us what you think. We've presented the evidence summary in a very graphical format uh, to try and help clinicians explain the recommendations to their patients uh, it's an experiment so let us know how it's working we have more of these rapid wrecks in the pipeline next is arthroscopy for knee pain and following that hiv keep an eye out for those if you like this podcast subscribe on itunes or via soundcloud where you can also find our back catalogue Rate and review us so we know how we're doing and so others can find us. Thanks for listening.